Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is not quite therapy. With Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. Gah, so much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? You know what? What? We switched it up a long time ago, and we don't have to sit that close together anymore. I know. It's nice. I was, actually, it's, as that was playing, I was wondering, like, who's on the couch? Is the audience on the couch? Because the nice It was kind us woman, on the couch, and then we switched, and we switched it's it so up. much more comfortable is, in the studio. I agree. Yeah. The couch was weird. I couldn't, like... It was going to be cute if we were doing video, but since we decided not to, I just yeah, it, you know? Yeah. This works out better. And it sounds better, too. Yeah. And it I'm, sounds a lot The better. microphone was on a weird stand, and I was twisting my neck and and you were knocking things over there, you were yeah. a mess and you yeah. could see my giant feet it was an unflattering look <laughs> i'm good from like the shoulders up downstairs <laughs> headshots only big old mess size 14 feet did you just say downstairs is a big old mess <laughs> <laughs> downstairs from my shoulders what is going on well it's so nice to see you you as well <laughs> I heard some good news today. What was the good news? Well, Florida continues to lead the mm-hmm. the nation in in you know excellence and entertainment and things, and we are now the global epicenter Hooray. for COVID nineteen. Hooray! Which I think is just fantastic. Dude, isn't that isn't that something? We are. You know, we're going to get trapped in this state, and they're never going to let us out. Well, they've already cut off Europe. You know, mm-hmm. in quotation. They've already cut off several cities around here. I'm supposed to be in Chicago next week, and, and Chicago says no. They would not like me to come. Because you're from Florida. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I, but, the, you know, Europeans have cut off Americans just in general. We're not allowed to go to Europe at this point. I mean, we can go to Ireland. Is that part of Europe still? We got, it's not in the EU. And uh-huh. since we had Brexit. Right. You know, we can we can go to. We've got like, don't they, doesn't the Boris, what's his name? He's like a British Donald Trump. Hairstyle we're getting wise. way out of our wheelhouse that we know what we're talking about anymore. I, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you, you presume I knew what I was talking about for the last seven episodes? No, not really. All right, but... good, 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 good. So this week I gave you a bunch of homework. You did. I made you do a whole bunch of tests. I felt very judged uh-huh. by my own answers to those I, questions. I know, I understand. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but first... Is it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. How about a drink? How to Do Cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well... How to Do Life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now, or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to Do Life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. That's the sound effect you're going to go for. I was sad that you were pouring them while that was happening. I was like, we, uh, the glug, glug, glug the, the is like the best. Noise. That's like the best sound. Hey, John, can you bring in a little glug, glug? glug <laughs> can you get us a little you've glug, got a, glug You've sound? got a... Uh, He's got uh, one on, like, queued up some for sort us. of uh, yeah. glug, 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 audio glug, glug, glug. file of a glug, glugging sound. 
So brought to you by How to Do Life, which is on vacation. Uh, we won't be back till July 22nd. So people who like that show, this is all you get. It's not quite therapy. <laughs> For two weeks, this is the only show Fantastic. that you get to enjoy. So. There you oh, go. See? Thank you. Yeah. John is on the John spot. Is Johnny on the spot. That's why we pay him the big <laughs> bucks. Thank you, John. I mean, we, the fact that we're talking about it removed all mystery of the fact that that was live. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to cut out that last 19 no, seconds and just go no. straight to the wine. Just do it again because we had two glasses. One right, more. Right, right. It was two pours. Um, so Wait, listen. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Thank you for filling my Perfect. wine glass. Perfect. Um, um, so it, we've already given it away, but in the name of our ever-growing laziness on the cocktail <laughs> front, today's cocktail isn't a cocktail at all. At all. It's, nope. It is a glass of wine. Look, guys, it's summer. It's hot. And um, we were on a phone call with one another this morning, and Brian said, what do you want to do for the drink? And I said, hey, man, I'm not keeping booze in my house anymore. Like, I, only, I was at a point for a long time where I would only have a drink if I was out and then alcohol started making its way back into my house, and I didn't care for that, so I got rid of it. So he's like, should we make a mocktail today instead? And I said, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I'm against booze. It's that I don't it's want ready access to it. It's that I just don't want it. to have it in my home. Understood. Um, so I'm the same way with ice cream. Yeah. Uh, for different reasons. I just mm-hmm. If it's there, I'll eat it. But mm-hmm. I guess it's the same reason. If it's there, you'll drink it. If it's there, I won't necessarily drink it. But um, my kids don't care to see like alcohol around my sure. house. And so I don't like to keep it there. Yeah, it makes perfect. them uncomfortable. Makes you know? sense. And so I don't, I don't keep it there. But um, I wanted to, I said, well, I'll grab a bottle of wine because I knew of a couple wines that were fairly inexpensive that are pretty good. And so I thought I would bring this one. This one is called Conundrum. Which I think is a great name given the the conundrum I was in I was uh, as I was answering some of the questions on those quizzes you sent me. But good. I digress. It's um, delightful. It seems to be a white, yeah, it's a white blend. Well, let's taste it and then I'll I, talk more about it. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Microphones picked that up. That was good. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> crisp. Yeah, it's just a crisp. Very neutral, just super drinkable white. It's like like the beige wall of white wine. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's $14.99 a bottle at Publix. Publix, Um, again, for those not in this region, is a supermarket. And I think that it's cheaper than the other places. I remember picking this up in Ohio once, and I feel like it was like nine bucks or something. (laughs) I mean, it's cheap. Someone recommended me. I've got two funny wine stories. Someone recommended to me a bottle of red wine, and they said it's really cheap. Uh, and it, it, you know, you'll find it at Publix. And I'm looking and looking and looking, can't find it. Long story short, it was on the bottom shelf <laughs> of Publix, and it was on sale two bottles for nine dollars. Nice. And I was like, well, I'm getting two. Was it acceptable? Uh, it was actually quite acceptable. Yeah. And then my other funny wine story is that my dad and my late stepmother, she passed away. Uh, they went to a wine tasting party, one of these blind bottle parties mm-hmm. where everybody brings a bottle wrapped in paper, right. and then we taste them all, and we take notes, and we all score them, and we and the, the winner gets a prize. Um, my mother, my my stepmother, just to be sort of a snoot, bought a uh, a seven dollar bottle of wine, and it won the entire evening. <laughs> of course, <it> did. <laughs> and That's the funny. the people like the cardiologists and the uh, and the the hoity-toities of the of the, the cardiologists and but the-, it, the, the 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 host of the party happened to be a cardiologist. <laughs> I but, assumed uh, that I assumed that you weren't straying too far from the no, truth with no, that no. example. But uh, yeah, the, you know these people were bringing like sixty dollar, eighty dollar, fifty dollar yeah. bottles of wine, ninety eight points and, or whatever. Right, yeah. and, <laughs> and the seven dollar bottle of wine beat them all. And they were like, 
they were a, a few people were amused, but a few people were quite offended. Yeah, that they had uh, been been shown to be sort of frauds. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like about this wine is so. Um, Conundrum is part of the Wagner family of wines, um, and I've been out to this winery in Napa. It they make Camus, which is a very, very nice um, hoity toity bottle of wine. Yeah, it's very very delicious. And then they have another um, white wine that they do, which is actually what I wanted to pick up today, but it was out of stock at the Whole Foods. Um, it's called Amolo, and oh. um, they're just like the very very expensive wines. In the family, and the very, very inexpensive wines in the family are made of the same grapes, obviously, from the same vineyard. Um, you know, it's just the processing length of time and, you know, what they kind of, how they kind of treat them. But they're all just really drinkable, good wines and, you know. Yeah. Easy. Excellent. We kept it easy today. I do. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a this wine. This is the third week in a row that I have provided more no, alcohol. No. Yeah. Last oh, week, we yeah, did the Tinto had, de Veronica. No, we did the Cafe Fizz. The Cafe Fizz was so, uh, after, the, after the fact, if you listened to the yeah. last episode, yeah. the Cafe Fizz. You were like Fizz. glowing about it. And the truth was that the Cafe liqueur that I bought, or the coffee liqueur that I bought, was too sweet. sweet. It was it way was too sticky sweet. sweet. And yeah. Like, it was good. It was one of those, I didn't want to like interrupt the show midway through, but it was. like, I changed drink, my mind. That drink was good for like three sips. Yeah. And then it just got to be a it lot. Got, it was too syrupy. Like, and. Yeah. I had made it before with a Starbucks liqueur that was not as sweet. More coffee-ish. And, yeah, much more coffee. And I think that I probably used less of it, too. Your glass, particularly, yeah. you did like 50% of that yeah. stuff, and it was too much. It was like yeah. three of those glug-glug pours. Yeah, it was too much. John played this it was too yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one, I wouldn't probably make that one again. In a, but there were, I would make that one again with a different liqueur and with much and, less and of it. Proper proportions. Yeah. Maybe yeah. some like actual black coffee in it too oh, there you go something to cut the sweetness it was too sweet there's a bar in town that i i won't mention god forbid they get free advertising but they have a drink called the coffee and cigarettes we're gonna get them as a sponsor like we keep let's keep talking about them yeah and then when we go to them and want this them is to the sponsor second us. this is the 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 one that starts with an oh L. gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. um but they have a drink called the coffee and cigarettes and they took it off their menu for a while but because it, it used tequila and a, a, a coffee liqueur but then they for a while they were making it with an actual tobacco simple syrup and they were mm. steeping tobacco raw tobacco in simple syrup amazing. the problem is that they discovered that the potential exists now this is not a hard and fast rule but for nicotine is lethal if you have it like in liquid form and you ingest too much of it it's like mm. it's a poison right and then and so the that they, seems bad <laughs> yeah so they were saying did they have to kill a guy first no or? <laughs> i don't think they killed a guy but um, they changed the way they make that drink with different ingredients now. So there's there's no actual tobacco syrup in it, but it's still very good. So mm-hmm. uh, coffee and cigarettes is a great drink. Coffee and it's cigarettes. got tequila in it, but it doesn't taste like a te- tequila we drink. Sh- let's make that next time. Can oh you God, figure it I'll, out? Sheesh. I'll go there and try to, like, snipe the recipe off of the... Snipe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go snipe it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some foreplay. Whoop. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? Want to fool around? Uh, What are we talking about here, like... First base, second base. Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. Steerike. Steerike. All right, so. And we're out. I made you take all those quizzes. That was intense. Judgy, judgy quizzes. I'm looking up the results now. I'm trying to find the the pictures I sent you of my results. So what we are going to talk about in foreplay today is... um, attachment styles and our interpretations of so we took all these quizzes to figure out 
our attachment styles in relationships. And we're going to post them in the show notes. We're going to post um, a couple different quizzes and an article that um, then talks about what you need in a relationship based on your attachment style. It was kind of fun to figure out what ours were. And what, what I had Brian do, I basically designed like a full research study out of this just for two Rude. subjects. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like a lab rat. Yeah, you are. You're, you're my favorite lab rat. Oh, that's... <laughs> So there's that. Um, so, yeah, we, I had him take a quiz first to figure out his attachment style. And that one was my favorite because it broke it down in percentages. Yeah. So, surprise for both of us, it came up and said that we were secure in our attachment and relationships. And it also said that we had very, very high percentages of the less good things. I mean, and I guess they're all good. They're all equally good. They're just all valid. But obviously, everybody wants to be the secure, the good one. Yeah. But he wants to pass the test, These, you know? Well, that's just um, it. These tests are always kind of funny. The personality test, like, I know the quote-unquote right answer. Right, of course. And then you I know. You have to answer it honestly. Answer it. Honestly, Anyways, it's like, yeah. mm-hmm. I kind of do agree yeah. with that about myself. So when I took the first quiz, I was sure that I wasn't going to land under secure attachment. I'm like, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm Explain I'm probably... the four. So there's, there's fearful and avoidant. Mm-hmm. There's anxious and preoccupied. Mm-hmm. There's dismissive avoidant. And then there's secure. And I guess the top of the heap would be secure. If you're secure in your attachment, then I guess what that means is that you don't get, uh, you don't, you're not, a, you're not a relationship leech in your attachment to your partner and you aren't so fearful. So they gave like one question for each of them to kind of sum them up. So, f- so for secure, they said, do you find that you can effectively communicate and feel vulnerable in your relationships? For dismissive avoidant, they said, do you find yourself fearing commitment and constantly craving space and freedom? For fearful avoidant, they said, do you often flip-flop between hot and cold, sometimes confused about how you feel towards your loved ones? And then the last one is anxious, preoccupied. Do you find that your romantic partner or loved ones pull away frequently? So those were the four um, kind of descriptions of kind of what they what they are. And I think... Any human being can find themselves a little bit in each of those questions. Oh, for sure. You know? Um, so the quizzes kind of put out, well, where do you lie the most? Like, what, yeah. what is, what's the most strong one for you? Your percentages add up to 100%. And so, right. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. While I might be 40% secure, which is Which good, is what you were, right? You were 40% highest. secure. I was, 40% secure. Yeah. I was also 33% anxious, preoccupied. Right. So you were real <laughs> close on the anxious, preoccupied one. Um so that was the only one that gave us like percentage breakdowns. Right. And then I had I did a second one like for posterity like is, is it going to come up as the same thing, right? Is it right. going to come up as the same thing? And it did. Yep. It and did. Then, I, was, I was secure in the second one. And then the, I there was another quiz that was like now do this uh, like for your partner. Right. But instead of doing it for your partner, I had us do it um for ourselves like if our partner were answering it about us in, right. in our opinion. Oof, and that one was you, it didn't rougher. go as well for you. I was anxious. You were anxious. That one. And mine was still secure, which really floored me. Um, and then that I just had means us, that you've, you fooled yourself. To think maybe. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I had us do that one again, the partner quiz again for each other. Right. And um, when I did it for you, it said anxious. Oh, see, and I, when I did it for you, it came up secure. Yeah. So I am absolutely floored that four tests said that I was the secure attachment style. But I want to go to my percentages, too, because I do think that there's a, probably more to be learned 
from those other things. So secure, mine was 44%. Yours was mm-hmm. 40%. So mm-hmm. they're not like astronomically, it's not like we're 98% secure right. in what we're doing. Mine was 25% fearful avoidant and 19% dismissive avoidant. So oh, those two were pretty even for me. And then my anxious preoccupied was only 13%. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought that this would be fun to talk about. And I thought that... Um, it would be fun to go to this article, which might take me a second to find. How, hold on, hold on, I'll get there, and uh, Dude, talk the power about of editing, John. No, we don't have to edit. We don't, we don't do that. <laughs> we we just roll here for real. I was real. trying to find the um, the questions. Oh, I want to. So yours was you were forty percent secure, and then thirty some percent avoidant, and thirty three percent anxious, preoccupied, and though. you you were twenty percent oh, avoidant. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so you were mostly. You're, you're fairly secure, right? Right, right. <laughs> We're both fairly secure right. with big, huge percentage chunks other directions. Right. I do think this could be a useful tool for our listeners to kind of figure out where you are and also to kind of, you know, have something to talk to your partner about. Yeah. This would be a good one for you to do as, a, as an at-home exercise. Yeah, for sure. Probably better than <laughs> feeling really judged. Yeah. I was <laughs> on a radio the, program. Uh, yeah. I was looking at the questions you answer on the second quiz about yourself mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't give you a percentage breakdown it just categorizes you. And um some of the questions uh are really sort of in your face. I often worry that my partner will stop loving me. Yeah, that's big. Ugh. Like some of them define often. <laughs> right. And some of them said I strongly whatever yeah. and so yeah. I was able to you know be like no, I don't like I don't right. dwell on that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found just the right modifier to get me out of answering that question. I'm a very good test taker. And I wasn't trying to be a good test taker. I was trying to be real. But we all, like like you said, we know what the right answer, quote, right answer should be. So how honest do you want to be, you know? And I tried very hard to be truthful and honest. That's why I really thought that taking the quiz from, like, yes, I'm taking it for me, but I'm trying to think of what my partner would think of me. That's when I was really, really surprised that it still came up with secure as the answer because I was like, mm, would yeah. a partner feel like yeah. I'm trying to get the fuck out and run away? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I read like, questions like, uh, I feel that once someone gets to know the real me, he or she won't like who I am. Did you say yes to uh, that one? Duh. <laughs> I, now, I'm also. I, trying to, I'm also I feel the to, opposite. Once you get to know me, you, you're, you're hooked. I'm you're great. Hooked. You think you're just you're. Oh my gosh, people, help me over here. Oh my gosh, I'm glad that John's here to witness this. No, he's not remoting in, just listening to our microphone levels. <laughs> he's got words to say. Look at it. Sometimes isn't it fun to just look at John's face and just, it he's, is. Like, he's turning okay. red. Uh-huh. He's trying to figure out how to get his wife. He's to not take turning red. No, he's I fine. Know. Don't bust him out. He's fine. He's just laughing at us in there. Yeah. Don't make him have to jump on and defend himself. When I'm not here for your, a question for your relationship monkey from previous conversations. When I'm not involved in a relationship, I feel somewhat anxious and incomplete. Did you give a big thumbs up to that I, one too? I agreed to that I, one. I know, yeah. Not I strongly know agree, but I agreed. Listen, yeah. Judge Judgerson. You want to be like, <laughs> I know you did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then there's other questions like, I hate the feeling that other people depend on me. No, I enjoy the feeling of other people oh, depending yeah. on me. Oh, you, yeah, you, because you're a golden retriever. Listen, why didn't this all of a sudden become about me? Because <laughs> you're reading the questions. I'm reading the questions. I'm like, <laughs> give me my answers. I do not like this conversation I'm just patiently sudden. waiting for my opportunity to talk about what I actually want to talk about. Please go ahead. The article, yes. <laughs> Save me from myself. I just want to cheers again yeah, because cheers. you're funny. 
All right. Um, so the article goes on to talk about, um, based on your attachment style, kind of what you need out of a relationship or what makes you feel secure in a relationship. Sorry, I had to pause. Take some wine. <laughs> I never drank after the cheers, and I couldn't set it down. Yes, until I, I understand. Out. I understand. So, um, so for secure, which we apparently both are. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I'm like borderline secure. <laughs> Me too, yeah. I got 4% higher than you, which okay. <laughs> neither one of us made it rub to the halfway. Nose, rub my nose in it. <laughs> neither one of us made it to the like 50% threshold there. Like yeah. We both had plenty, right. of, plenty of other There's things. There's no majority. So, um, <laughs> carry on. It's funny. The article's funny, um, to me because, okay. So it says, um, the person that you are with will, um, fill you with positive feelings and a sense of home. It will happen so naturally and it's no big epiphany moment. You could already anticipate from all that reciprocally healthy reaction that you weigh the work. So, Yep, we're we're super secure and it's super great. Um, <laughs> it says you will fall in love slowly, steadily, fiercely, and deeply. Maybe you'll even fall in love boringly, but it's the kind of boring that will last a lifetime. I uh, don't like that. I don't either. That's no fun. <laughs> but you know, like, listen, no, I say that. I say that, but I think that I'm what I'm learning about myself after divorce and in the dating process is that my favorite article of clothing for 10 years was a pair of brown loafers mm-hmm. that I wore literally everywhere. Yeah. And they were a little beat up and they were a little drab and they were never the most exciting part of my outfit, mm-hmm. but they fit into every scenario. They mm-hmm. were good at church. They were good at a fancy dinner. They were good at a cookout if it was the appropriate time and place. They were good on casual Friday at the office and they went with jeans and slacks, you know, and and all of that. And they were just the most comfortable old pair of shoes you could ever imagine. Yeah, there is something to that. And then and then they fell apart like they physically like Mm -hmm. the sole fell off of Mm -hmm. them and they were no longer being manufactured. So I couldn't even find a replacement pair. And I'm still searching for the right pair of shoes Mm -hmm. to replace these shoes. So I'm like comfortable old shoe kind of guy. And so if I if I can find a relationship that is not comfortable to the point where you can neglect it. Right. But just you don't have to overthink it every day. It's funny that you use that example. I wrote an article a while back for um, our local paper, the Tallahassee Democrat, about the same thing about a, a really good old pair of jeans and about how, you know, like you can put those jeans on and they they always feel good and they always make you feel good about yourself even though they're kind of ratty and tatty and you know like and they're just so comfortable but they're still you know there's still something cute about them or there's still something that works you know yeah i I get that i get that i mean yep definitely everybody wants to be comfortable like and there's a there's a line mentally i think between boring and comfortable you know, yeah, and comfortable is never, in, in my opinion, never boring. You know, right? Like, but yeah, I mean, so we should think of it that way. They said fall in love boringly. Maybe, maybe we should flip it for our own minds to make it more successful comfortably. Right, it's just comfortably. 
and that comfortable can last. It says for the uh, the anxious people, for you. <laughs> okay. Or the other rest of the audience that might also be anxious. It's 2020. We're not going to anxiety shame people. Hey, look. The next two I have to take. So, you okay. know, we're going to give you this one. Um, this was my lowest one. It says, the first few times you fall in love, you will fall fast. You will plunge in head first, wearing your band-aided heart on your sleeves, hoping there will be somebody there to catch you when you crash. But usually there's not. <laughs> <laughs> The problem with the insecure heart is you don't always go for what you need, but you easily slip into a relationship morphed from your deepest fear, something unstable, unpredictable, and inconsistent. You think it's love, but it isn't love. It can't be love when all you feel is anxiety. Oh, my God. Yeah, it rings true, doesn't it? Dude, that's so... Icky. (laughs) Agonizing. It's so icky. I don't want certain people to listen to this podcast. (laughs) So it says that um, when you really fall in love, it'll be with someone who is reliable, and it might be uneventful at first. It might take longer than usual before you recognize it, but you'll find yourself a treasure. I feel like this is like a horoscope. (laughs) (laughs) There's just enough truth in it for everybody that like, I am a Libra. Uh, Yeah, I am that. Yeah, we are both Libras. It says, you'll fall in love with someone you can truly trust. You know, you could call them at 2 a.m. and wouldn't feel like you were bothering them. And you'll be able to count on reminders from them like, hey, it's okay and I'm here and they actually mean it. And it says, you don't know how you will ever start believing that you're lovable, you're interesting, or you're enough. And when someone gives you that, your insecure heart will realize it has found a safe home. Oh, yeah. Daggers. Okay, let's talk about you. How does that make you feel, Brian? I don't want to talk about it. This is making me uncomfortable. We could re record the intro right now and it would be so authentic (laughs) because this is making me really uncomfortable. I do not like talking about myself like this. All right, we don't have to. But no, 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 no. It's good. I think that um, the more you can learn about yourself, the better. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are probably like me who, you know, I certainly. have in history in my personal history tended to leap before i look a little bit and uh, not always consider the long term and i think that a lot of that is why my last relationship uh you know ended the way it did mm-hmm. um and is making me more thoughtful about what's next yeah and um so yeah it's all good it's good how many times in the last few weeks have we said growth opportunity right you know yeah and, no absolutely you know like not every moment of our lives are a beautiful moment. We have right. to go through sticky, hard periods. And, I mean, I'm not trying to be judgy to you. Sure, no, 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 no. But this is, like, kind of your first time that you've kind of really been alone. Right. Yeah. Right. And Since. you're gonna. this is going to be an interesting period of your life, you know? But, I like, from I went through this probably just a little tiny bit before you did, you know? And... I feel like I came out better and stronger and much more self-aware. Right. And, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. Let's talk about um, the avoidant attachment style, which I came up with. What was my percentage on this? I think this one was... Wait, no. You were... This was one of your hires, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Hold on. I got to go back and look. We're going to check real quick. Hold on. Back to my file folder. I had to make file folders of... uh, Here we go. Here's my percentages. Avoidant was 19%. Oh, fearful avoidant was 25%. Dismissive avoidant was 19%. So if we add those together, I guess I'm kind of avoidant. (laughs) (laughs) Which, okay, 
It's because you you had me also take the quiz as if I was talking about you. Yes, and you thought I was secure, and that blew it, my mind. It came up as secure, yeah, because but, I feel I feel like you are um, you put off an air, and I think this is apl- applicable to a lot of people because this is not just the the this is the Brian and Chrissy show, but it's not the Brian and Chrissy like myopic sort of show. So I, I think a lot we of try people, not to be right. <laughs> I think a lot of people appear like you from the outside. You appear very secure. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you are to a large extent. But then what this what these percentages have showed that there's some other things lurking under the surface that can sort of undermine the security a bit. Yeah. And, and you, we have different things that undermine our right, security. Definitely. I have I have anxiety and you have other things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's an, it's interesting how you can be mostly secure but still have things that are that are sort of chinks in the armor. Yeah, and I think that both of us are very good at putting forward that secure image. Right. And I think even early in our friendship, uh, like one of the first conversations, like close conversations that we had when we were really becoming friends is you were like, if I seem confident, it like that's kind of been new for me to right. to put that forward as a, you know, as a a part of who I am. You right. know what I mean? And I've always been pretty good at displaying confidence as you know like i've got it together and and also we're both helpers so we want to help other people and so the only way that you can help others is you have to seem like you've got your shit together yourself right Right. you know so we're good at that but that doesn't mean that there's not other things that sit under the surface that we don't talk about as readily or that we don't you know yeah um thanks um (laughs) he sees my empty glass he's he's fixing (laughs) she needs more (laughs) she needs more juice (laughs) Um, but yeah, there, like there definitely are things that, you know, for everyone, you know, and I, that's why I kind of like reading about this and seeing, okay, if you understand where you are and you understand that the other person, like what, what their biggest quote weaknesses relationship wise are, then you can have more honest conversation and you can maybe find a better way, you know, right to get through it. So, okay, let's talk about this avoidant one, which apparently I've got some some uh, characteristics of it says your avoidant heart isn't quick to admit it's fluttering even when it finally skips a beat it will take you a while to catch up <laughs> Wait, you, say that again it says even if your heart skips a beat it might take you a time to catch up and okay. kind of realize it okay you don't always show your emotions easily you don't come to people too readily it doesn't mean you don't yearn for a happy relationship, but you fall in love when it's been proven to you that your partner is someone who is accepting, forgiving, and non-judgmental. You take a step forward when you're fully convinced that even if you for a brief moment reveal your vulnerability, they will still love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you've got to, uh, you've got to prove, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather fall in love slowly and be... And, and miss a couple of chances, then fall in love fast and be wrong over and over right. again. Mm-hmm. So I get I get where that's a strength. I get where there's you, you got to look at each of these things that sort of have the potential of undermining your security right. as things that might also protect you, you know, a little bit in other ways. Right. So I think there's 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 strengths in that in it, some way, shape, or form. It also goes on to say you will fall in love with someone who respects your way of being who takes the time to build a safe space with you without rushing you, who lets you be you, and who tells you through actions that seeking comfort is a positive thing. 
You will fall in love when your avoidant heart learns that it's okay to be close to someone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you um, you have one of the... Um, we have a lot to say about one another's. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel, this is a strength. I was going to give you a compliment. I feel like I'll you've take got, it. You feel like you've got a tight filter at the top of your funnel. You, a lot of people have the, the top of the funnel. You just let, let a lot of people in and, and through the course of a relationship filter them down. The top of your fer- funnel, I feel like, is narrower than some. And so you, you weed out bullshit pretty quickly. I think that that is true. And I do think that that's a strength. Yeah, for sure. I do, yeah. So, you know. I, I also think it can be seen as being bitchy, especially as a woman. It yeah. can be seen as, well, she's super disinterested in pretty much everyone. And mm. I mean, I can't say that's untrue. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, and we go back to, I mean, I know parenting starts next week, but I'm trying to raise my daughters to have um, a, a keen eye for bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I think that if, 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 if at the end of their time with me, the top of their funnel is a little narrower and they're a little more selective of who even gets a foot in the door, then I've done my job. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I know their mom is on the same page in that regard. That's so, cool. that's so it. yeah, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would hope for that a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, this has been kind of a long foreplay section, but we're going to put this link up so that people yeah. can go play the game too. Go be disappointed in yourself like we are. <laughs> <laughs> and judgmental of your uh, partner and or um, podcast friend. <laughs> don't, uh, you know, don't let quizzes turn into wedges. That's true. These are opportunities That's for us true. to learn about each other. And don't let this be the start of a fight. And if it is, just stop. Well, no, let it be the start of a discussion. And if that turns heated, that's okay. That happens sometimes. Like, air it out. There you go. <laughs> or just fire them. All right, whatever. Let's do the down and dirty. Next. <laughs> hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So, you want to get this off your chest? <laughs> Let's get down and dirty, babe. The reservation, a grand slam home run. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was, that was <laughs> Jesus H. Christmas. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're over here between uh, the break. And <laughs> I was just adjusting the straps on her undergarment. <laughs> sorry. And I need to like. You ever seen when like you're really mad at your at somebody? You make make a little fort with your menus. At a restaurant. Is that what you were doing? I need, I need a menu for it. You're mad at me? No, 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 no. I just don't want to look at you from the <laughs> cleavage down. Please. Awesome. Let's keep it Let's keep it PG. It's the down and dirty. It's fine. All right, all right. Totally fine. What are we talking about? What's going oh, on? Oh, man. Today. <laughs> there was a genuine like, quiver in <laughs> oh, your voice yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> I forgot. I forgot what we were talking about today, honestly. What do you think are the most threatening things about you for someone you're dating? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Uh, like, you know, I've heard you say before that you, like, I disagree with this. And I'm saying very clearly that I disagree. You're like, I'm damaged goods. I've got kids and I'm divorced. And, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, heard, I've pe- heard that, you know. <laughs> the people I've gotten close to have not had that as a problem. I right. will say that... Um, I have, here's what a, a real example has come up uh, recently. Um, I have a lot of and tend to make fast friends with 
females. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in a previous episode. Like mm-hmm. our female, our, our opposite gendered friendships problematic. And I think the answer is it depends on your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so that has And it just, depends on the level of that friendship. And what, right, you know, like, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, uh, so that has been uh, a potential threat to other people mm-hmm. in the past. Um, so that is, that is probably one thing, you know, I, I, I've, I've never been accused of being just, you know, I'm not dishonest. Um, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, um, probably a little bit wishy-washy, you know, a little bit like there's several episodes ago, you said, you know, if you emotionally immature, people don't know what they want. I've been accused of not knowing what I want Mm -hmm. necessarily. I think I'm very much in a growth phase. So I'm the, the, the picture of what I want long term is still coming into focus yeah so those two things and that's fair are probably the two that's fair long term and that's fair to yourself but that's not yeah. necessarily fair to like whoever you date right. at this moment you right, know right. yeah particularly if they have one vision of what this is about versus what i think it's about what's next please take me to the next topic all right we were gonna talk about you're not gonna like this either <laughs> We were going to talk about the different dynamics of dating, like dating someone who has kids and the challenges that go with that, dating with someone without kids, dating someone who's older, dating someone who's younger, you know, those kind of things. So, sure. So let's just go there real briefly. Yeah, no, I mean, I um, I was in a relationship um, with someone younger than me, and um, that's tricky but not impossible. My My father was 14 years younger than my stepmother. Oh, younger. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, my dad was the younger man. She robbed, <laughs> she robbed the cradle. Everybody used to joke about it. But um, and and growing up, she never seemed that much older. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it wasn't until they had been married ten years that I that dad told me how old she was. And I was like, what? Interesting. Huh. She's what? that doesn't make it. She's sixty. What? Like that's crazy, <laughs> Jerry. There's no it way. It starts with a six. What? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, there's that. And then you know, at some level. Uh, it just doesn't matter at all if your life, if your vision for the future is compatible and the same. And then understanding also that those things can change. So I, we, you know, my, my ex and I, um, uh, my ex-girlfriend and I, a girl I dated, she was quite a bit younger. Um, and for the longest time it was the conversation about kids. Right. That was mm-hmm. looming out there. Like I thought maybe in the future we might, she might be. Kind of mm-hmm. tapping on that door, and it was no, 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 and then it became maybe, and then it became yes, mm-hmm. and I was like, then, and I need to, yeah, because you knew you didn't want that. I need yeah. to call a timeout, mm-hmm. and um, but then that started bringing into focus all kinds of other things, and, and like I said, every every situation you find yourself in is an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about yourself, mm-hmm. and some of these feelings are really, 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 really fresh for me, so mm-hmm. I don't even have a full understanding of where I'm coming from. And all of these things, and I've got this is not quite therapy, but I've got an actual therapy appointment <laughs> scheduled to discuss Good job, some baby. of this you stuff. Need that. <laughs> um, but um, so yeah, it's like then you start thinking about like you know why am I opposed to that kids or whatever? Why am I opposed to moving across the country? Why am I opposed to something that scares me? It, is it because you've got actual fears that need to need to and deserve to be addressed, or are you concerned with what others might think? You know, and are you afraid of losing a life you've got here to go pursue a different life somewhere else? Are you afraid of the stability that you have and you're afraid of someone upsetting that apple cart? So there's a lot of work to be done you know, mm-hmm. upstairs as I tap my forehead um, about what motivates my anxiety 
and figuring out if I'm afraid for a good reason or a crappy reason. But um, so, yeah. I think you can talk yourself into or out of a lot of things, though. For sure. And, for sure, for sure. You know, like, I don't know. Like, those are things to definitely go sort through on your own. But I am a person who I trust my gut. Yeah. And, and I don't want to rationalize my, like, you know, like, I don't want to rationalize, well, but it could be okay if, blah, 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 blah. Because you know what? That just has always landed me in trouble. You know, yeah. like, for me, it's always been, if I'm, Super honest. This is just how I feel. And I don't know necessarily why I feel this way or necessarily how this came about, but this is what I this is what I feel. This is what makes sense to me. And if I stray too far from it for someone else or something else, then I never end up feeling good about it at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? And so the the more that that's happened, the more that I trust that, you know? Right. So, yeah. So I think the, the age in and of itself is only an issue if you make it an issue, first mm-hmm. of all. If, you're, if your insecurity makes it an issue mm-hmm. um, or if your life goals become dramatically different. You know, if, if you're... And got, isn't that regardless, like, yeah, regardless of age? You know, if your life goals are very different. Absolutely. If you're like, look, I'm planning to get these kids into college and then like move on into being able to, you know work a few more years and travel a little more and do it like, right. you know, like whatever you decide is your thing, you know, like whatever you hope you would like to do. And I don't think that many of us do a good job of really knowing what we would like to do. Like we can't make a plan for 25 years out, you know, right. but we can make a plan for five years out, maybe even right. 10, you know, you can and, eliminate, and you can, you can eliminate say, I things. don't want diapers in that plan, <laughs> right. you know, exactly like, going. Yeah. <laughs> like um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So there's that. Yeah. I feel like um, I haven't dated a lot of people who were like significantly older than me. I've dated a few, but, um, and I have dated some people who were younger than me. All the people I dated who were younger than me didn't have children and didn't have, like, sure. were really like super kind of bachelor lifestyle. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I felt like it might be fun for my kids to have someone like that in their life. But then I also thought, like, what am I, quote, saddling them with? Do you right. know what I well, mean? Yeah. Like, That's I mean? their choice, though. No, That's... it's totally their choice. It totally is. But then I'm like, then, like, the conversation we had a couple weeks ago, do I let them come in and actually be a parent or do I just let them be a buddy? Or do I, you know what I mean? Like, Man, like how did that relationship I, shape up, you know? I have no idea. My, mm-hmm. my, st- my first stepdad, my mom's second husband, the guy I hated. The one you hated. Um, we'll call him Dave. I think I referred you to him Dave, Dave before. Last yeah. time. <laughs> Dave's not his name. I know. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, Dave tried to be authoritarian and it didn't fly. Rude. He, was an, he, was a, he was in the armed forces, respect the troops and all that. Mm-hmm. But he was a D-bag kind of guy mm-hmm. um i'll just tell you a quick joke uh if you want to know you know how do you know there's a fighter pilot at your dinner party he'll tell you <laughs> and this was that guy he, yeah. he he would he would tell you what he did in the military uh and it had to do with airplanes but um so yeah he just but he tried to be the boss yeah he, you know i had never in my life i grew up my parents were both sort of midwestern people growing up in central florida uh, Central Florida, the further south you go, you, it's more like you're in the northeast. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I, the first time I called somebody sir or ma'am, 
was like in my adult life. Right. And this guy wanted me to call him sir, but it was because he was like a lieutenant or something. And right, I, right. He was mm-hmm. sir to all of his subordinates. And so he he made his kids call him sir. Uh, and so he expected me to learn how to call an adult sir when I was 12. I'm like, uh, I don't think so, buddy. Yeah. And it's like kind of a pick your battles thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're going to assimilate into a family structure and into other people's lives, there's a... There's a finesse to it. There's a way to do sure. it, and there's probably a way not to. Yeah, you know. And it sounds like that was maybe a way not to. Yeah. You know? Now the, the the woman I dated who was younger than me, uh, she did meet my kids, mm-hmm. uh, and she was fantastic with them. She did it. She the the kids after a short warming up period, you know, looked forward to when she came over to the house, nice. and they liked mm-hmm. seeing her, and mm-hmm. um and and so that that was a very pleasant interaction. It was never it was. From my perspective, yeah. it didn't appear awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, my older daughter you really seemed to sort of, you know, get on with her well because she was, you know, very keen on social media and other mm-hmm. things that are relevant yeah. to a 14-year-old. And, and so, you know, they, they could they could relate on pop culture and things like that that were funny and interesting and nice to watch. It was yeah. it was a pleasant mm-hmm. – it was a good experience for me to watch my kids getting along with another female. Yeah. And it gave me hope that, hey, you know, the, this – a, this could be fine, mm-hmm. and B, the future's not so scary. If I know that this is fine, then something else that might be even better or different or, or you know, just as mm-hmm. good. So, um, yeah. My mom was 15 years older than my sister, my sister who came from my dad's first marriage. Right? Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. She met my sister when my sister was five years old, almost five years old, and my mom was 19, 20 years wow. old, right? Wow, wow. Um, and they had an absolutely beautiful relationship. Yeah. You know, and my mom always treated her as her daughter if, if you were to ask my sister today she would probably say i don't i don't want to bust her out on the air or anything but my my sister was closer to my mom than her own mother mm, okay you know? yeah and and i don't think that that's an overstep to say sure you know um yeah they, they had a really great relationship my mom always just loved her unconditionally my mom never flinched when people would be like you had her when you were 15 or whatever. She's like, she's my daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it was just, it was, it was a really nice relationship and it always was. And my sister has told me like, oh, I used to love coming to visit dad, but getting to stay with your mom, you know, at her cool apartment, like in yeah. the seventies and yeah. like whatever, you know, like, yeah. and you know, I think like, but I do think that that is a little different because my sister was really young, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then like bonding with someone who's going to be out of the house in three years is a little bit different you know and and i think that it can be just as beautiful and just as lovely but you know like sometimes i feel like am i running out of time with my kids for them to really bond and love someone you know like the way that i do i would encourage you no because um my mom didn't get married to her current husband until i was 23 yeah. 22, 23. Mm-hmm. So they've been married 20 years, mm-hmm. 21 years, something like that. And um, and I love that man so much. Like yeah. He, he is he is so good to my mom and he is so good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she, they are yin and yang, man. Like That's he, awesome. she, she flares up and he, he throws water on it and he's so even keeled and mellow. Like he is the perfect guy for her. Um, you know, uh, he's not a pushover, but he knows when to give. And I've learned a lot about being a, a, a man in a relationship from, from my stepdad. That's cool. Um, and 
you know, there was a while where I didn't refer to him as my stepdad because he never was my, he was never my in the house dad. I never right. lived with mm-hmm. him. I never had a life with him right. where he was my everyday around the house kind of stepdad. He was, I call him my mom's husband for years and, mm-hmm. years and years and years and years and years and years. And then finally one day I referred to him as my stepdad. I think it was around a father's day. And I just realized, I was like, he is my stepdad. Like, yeah. I love him just as much as I love my own father. That's cool. It's different, but it's just yeah. as intense, you know? I always like it when I see people who have a really successful step-parent story and they call him like their bonus parent or their yeah. bonus kid or whatever. I think that is so beautiful and so nice. I spoke you know? at my I spoke at my stepmother's funeral. Mm-hmm. My stepmom died ahead of schedule. She was 14 years older than my dad, but she still died younger than she should have. She mm-hmm. had some medical stuff that came out of nowhere and, and, and she died very quickly after she became sick. Um, it wasn't cancer. It was something else. But, um, and so... I spoke at her funeral and I referred to her that way. She was my second mom. She mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah. I learned things about life from you her. You had like 25 years with her, right? Like yeah. you had a long time with she, her. Yeah. She and my dad mm-hmm. were married for 24 years before mm-hmm. they before she passed. And um, I learned things about life from her point of view that I wouldn't have learned from my mom's right. point of view. Mm-hmm. So I had these two perspectives on things, both from adult, mature, successful motivated women but both from from totally different walks of yeah. life mm-hmm. and totally different perspectives uh, and it was awesome it was awesome and she never had kids she yeah. was married before my dad she never had her own kids i don't know if she was medically capable of having her own kids that's that's irrelevant i never had step siblings to deal with i just had right. you know her name was jerry and she was awesome uh so yeah big ups for divorce big, right <laughs> it can lead you you know what though like I think my seeing my dad's situation uh, and seeing my parents sort of manage it well when I was a kid gave me hope that it wasn't the end of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but I would encourage you that if you just went through it or if you're in the middle of it, that the, the, the next chapter doesn't have to be and will almost certainly be better than what you came from. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, nothing – Nothing wonderful ever, you know, ends because it's so wonderful. So if your marriage is ending, take stock of why, take stock of your role in that and see what can come next and make positive out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, we covered some good stuff today. So go figure out what your attachment style is. Right. Go figure out how that's going to help you or hurt you in the future and judge what you your, need to do with it. Judge your partner. Judge your, judge your partner and yourself. Harshly. <laughs> Harshly. Critically. <laughs> and then um, figure out what about you, if you are a single person, could be threatening and how much of that you're willing to give up or how much of that you're willing to stand up and just say, this is just who yeah. I am. And Take the opportunity to determine what you want your life to look like. And if you have a clear yeah. picture of what that is, then you start to develop a clearer picture of who fits well into that? Well, aren't we some today? We are. We are something. We're freaking amazing. We're amazing. Hey, I'm gonna do more wine next time. This is great. You know what? Let's <laughs> let's drink a whole bottle next time. We only made it through half the bottle, and t- some of that was me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Oh, oh John, John. John jumps back in. You dog. Until next time. See you guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything Everything is is fine. fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Whew, those two are special. (laughs) 